Welcome back to Camp Retro Club. Today there will be a special viewing of The Wedding Singer in the Rec Hall, followed by a special performance by David Veltri. Ooh, I like her. Welcome to the Retro Club. We're your hosts, John. And Megan. We're singing this whole episode. That no. was the hope, girl. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm gonna try anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, we are now booking all events. <laughs> if you'd like Especially us to, live. to sing at your event. <laughs> Just right. kidding. So, let's, what do you want to do? What What's happened this week? You got something? apparently a lot yes um we first of all first thing that came to my mind is ron sexton died mm, donnie baker yeah he played donnie baker if you're familiar with bob and tommy as a comedian he was really funny still not really sure what happened i don't think they've said yet but he died on tour it really sucks his poor family man yeah uh, i understand they shut down all his social media and stuff because they just want to be left alone to i grieve. can see that which um, I mean, sorry to start off sad, but that was like the first thing that came to my mind. That's okay. Uh, we finally got to watch they clone Tyrone. Yes, I love the movie. It was everything I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. It's a sci-fi horror movie. You can watch it on Netflix. Netflix. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Jamie Fox stars mm-hmm. in it, and uh, he is great. A great character actor. That's when he's at his best. Is when he has to create something. I kind of like the idea of the movie because you don't know really know when it's set or no. where it's set. Well, let's um, not give too much about it's it. It's all very ambiguous. So give these cool. people a chance to watch it. That and you should watch it. gave away nothing. It's a you two gave and a half too hour much movie. Already. <laughs> all right. What else is going on? <laughs> uh, also, we have hopefully got some big news about <laughs> a possible interview. That's what we're hoping. Yeah, we've reached out to some people to see if we can't maybe get a special guest here on the show. Mm-hmm. So for an um, exclusive, I won't say much more than that, but we definitely will have more information coming hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. But, We're yeah. excited about it. We just don't want to talk too much about it. Uh, other movie stuff. There's a new horror movie dropping in October. It's The Exorcist Believer. Yeah, it drops on Friday the 13th in October. Yes. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Exorcist, the show, great. Mm-hmm. I love the original Exorcist. I watched this trailer. I don't know. I This is one of those times where I watch the trailer and I'm like, mm, I'm not sold. I kind of like the idea of it. Um, just the, the mystery behind it. Because the thing with the original Exorcist is you, you can't see... Remake it. No, but the, I'm just saying it shows you right away that there's like this demon thing that's dug up in the desert that's brought back and the origin of it. This mm-hmm. one seems like it's a mystery. These two girls go missing and they show back up and both of them are possessed. <laughs> it's, it just looks like it's going to it's gonna try really hard. This is a problem I've had with modern horror movies is they don't give you enough of the why and they give you too much of the of. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to watch it. I'll still check it out because I, I've watched all the Exorcist movies and only two of them are good. <laughs> I'm easy to please. I'll find something to like about most movies. That's usually me. I can usually find the positive out of something. Is it? Because you already Always. seem negative. <laughs> yes, but that's because if you're going to show me a trailer, don't show me a trailer where you're going to try to tell me that you're remaking The Exorcist, only your idea of making it better is adding two people to it. I don't know if they've done that, though. I mean, you don't have enough information to say that. I saw the trailer. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, uh, what else is going on? I tried to leave John. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. I uh, had to get a birthday gift for our nieces. Mm-hmm. Well, birthday gifts, I guess you should say. Mm-hmm. I should say. And Megan took off, and I needed my cell phone. Mm-hmm. So I tried to wave her down. I tried to chase her down. I yelled. I made myself look like a fool. And she just kept driving. He told me he was going to run in to go grab the, the, the presents and asked if I could run and go get him a drink while he was in there doing that. So I said, okay. So I dropped him off and I drove off. It was hot and I was parched. <laughs> That's what she asked me to do. <laughs> but Megan is like the person in my life I know more than anybody else always checks her mirrors. She mm-hmm. is like insane when it comes to checking mirrors. So, this is the one time she doesn't do it. How does that work? I don't know. (laughs) She also was driving very fast to the parking lot. Put There. I put you out there. Yeah. No, I was not. (laughs) You were. Whatever. Also, um, we had two minutes of rain. Mm -hmm. And it was weird. Mm -hmm. Because it just came down like lead. Yeah, it was on our drive home from the birthday party. It was this weird little, like, of rain. And apparently it didn't even rain at home. It was, it was like in this real centralized spot. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. But on our way, driving through this rain, the reason we found out it didn't rain at home is because we were heading to meet up with some friends who are in town. Mm-hmm. Our friends, Matt and Tony, uh, which, hello, they've been listening to the episodes and giving us uh, praise and advice. I, I heard we were Tony's driving buddies while she's traveling for work. So yeah. <laughs> she's listening to our podcast. Yeah, you actually got a text. I got like quite a few messages from Matt and yeah. we discussed stuff. So it was, it was fun. Uh, today also marks uh, the third year that John Saxon from a nightmare on Elm street has been gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, people in the horror community know him very well. Uh, he was in Black Christmas and stuff like that. Also, uh, Erwin Your Blondes, the guy who helped fund the movie Halloween and got it into production and approved the script. Uh, it would have been his 89th birthday today. So there you mm. go, horror fans. That's exciting. You're the very day welcome. that this this airs. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very nice. All right. Well, are we ready to jump into this movie now? I think I am. Okay. I think I am. I think I am. We didn't even tell you what it was. We should have because we opened <laughs> singing this episode for a reason. Today, we're going to be discussing it's Ladies Night, 1998's <laughs> The Wedding Singer, which we have learned the hard way is not our first Adam Sandler or Steve Buscemi movie. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that quite a bit. <laughs> we messed that up. <laughs> so The Wedding Singer came out February 13th, 1998. Mm-hmm. Really and close to your birthday. Yes. 
and the day before Valentine's Day, which yes. we'll, we will get into. Uh, this movie opened at number two at the box office and it didn't go any higher. Well, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Because what was it coming out against, but none other than Titanic. Yeah. What were you going to do? <laughs> Honestly, what were you going to do? I was going to say, what are you going to do when you have to go against that iceberg? I mean, haha. <laughs> 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 oh, I have a cough. Anyway, so Titanic was actually number one at the time with Wedding Singer coming at number two. It didn't seem like there was a whole ton going on at the rest of the time because Sphere was number three. I've never even seen Sphere. I, I couldn't tell you who's in it. I was thinking about that, too. I was like, it must not have lasted long in the box office, but Mm -hmm. it came out against, like, actual good movies when I was looking it up. Did it? Okay. Well, a number four at the time this released was Good Will Hunting, and then five was (laughs) As Good As It Gets, which I believe is like a rom-com, isn't it? Yeah, it's, um, who's in it? Jack Nicholson, for sure, and Greg Kinnear. Uh, It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I just remember Jack Nicholson falls in love with a dog. Oh, that's Not actual good. love, love, but he ends up loving a dog. Oh, like a soulmate? Like yeah. a soul animal? Oh, that's cute. I say falling in love with an animal and just finding your soul animal is different. <laughs> I remember this movie really resurrected Jack Nicholson. As good as it gets, not mm-hmm. The Wedding Singer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so The Wedding Singer is rated PG-13, mm-hmm. which... That's... I guess that's accurate. Because the drinking, maybe? Maybe. And there's a little bit of cursing. I'd say there is some cursing in it. Oh, he's suicidal. I guess, but that's just implied. Never once does he say... He was listening to The Cure a lot. He sings that one line where he says, somebody kill me, please. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, it's considered a comedy music romance. Mm -hmm. Our favorite. They couldn't put musical in there. Well, I guess they can't because they don't sing actual songs. They're just singing songs. It's not a musical. Even though Adam Sandler sings originals. Yeah. Okay, so here is a quick synopsis for you. Mm -hmm. Set in 1985, Robbie Hart is a nice guy with a broken heart who's stuck in one of the most romantic jobs in the world, a wedding singer. He loses all hope when he is abandoned at the altar by his fiancée, Linda. He meets a young woman named Julia who enlists his help to plan her wedding. He falls in love with her and must win her over before she gets married. That's hey, that, yeah, mean, that's good. That's a good synopsis. Yeah. Uh, Synopsis. And I'll say, this is so random, but with my sister is actually getting married in October. And it got me thinking, especially doing this movie and talking about wedding plans and stuff. I'm like, are there any, cause they talk about hiring a DJ. I'm like, are there any wedding singers anymore? Like this oh, seems yeah. like such an outdated thing. <laughs> you were that's, looking that up. that's because it is. I couldn't find anything within like a state radius. That's why this movie is really good about like actually catching a time frame. This is the first actual movie that pays tribute to the eighties to me. Yeah, I wonder when wedding singers stop being a thing. Because now it's all DJs or full bands, like not just. I mean, I guess Ooh, I Robbie Hart was he had his band with him, but they refer to it as hiring the wedding singer, not like a mm-hmm. band. I, I would know. guess it had to be somebody you had to have on staff. I just don't know when DJs really became a thing. Yeah, like uh, I heard a story from Paul Rudd, like he was DJing before making it in Hollywood. Like that was his gig. He Random. did a lot of bar mitzvahs. Yeah. And even that was in 1993, which is when Robbie Hart would have got his, uh, what was it, his bond cashed. 
Oh, that's right. For $25. <laughs> Speaking of money, the budget for this movie was $18 million. I could see that. that Adam Sandler would have had to get paid because he was on his way up. Mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore was a name by then. Yeah, this is the later 90s. So had she done Scream yet? Yeah, yes, 96. Six. Okay, that's what I thought. And then Adam Sandler had done a couple movies at this point. Oh, yeah. He'd done airheads coneheads uh but where he Happy was a Gilmore bigger name yeah and uh billy madison yeah so he was on his way up so the 18 million tracks this is the first time i'm not surprised by the budget this is a movie that solidified him i think well and you said we found out steve buscemi went uncredited in this movie even mm-hmm. i mean I, he John still Lovitz. got paid but i wonder how much you know yeah and john lovitz was like an actual star then yeah. And he goes uncredited in this movie. Yeah, he just had a quick scene in it. So Steve Buscemi actually shows up twice in the movie. Do they both show up twice? Steve is in the beginning and the end. Uh, and John Lovitz is just the one part. Okay. Well, the box office, it made $123 million. So even that in second place mo- in the That theaters, is great money. Yes. I don't know. I can't remember what Titanic made. I know uh, that's it was the highest grossing movie forever. Yeah. <laughs> so uh hard to say. All right, it was directed by Frank Karachi. 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 It's mm-hmm. a hard C. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> Other movies he's directed is The Water Boy, which actually came out in the same year. Crazy. Which is kind of funny to think about, I guess. And I have something to say about that too, so. And he's definitely uh a favorite pick for Adam, Adam Sandler, because he's also done Click, Zookeeper, Here Comes the Boom, Blended, and unfortunately, The Ridiculous Six. We all just, <laughs> God, I wish we could stop coming across this movie. He has like three uh, people he consistently has direct his movies, and this is one of them. Okay. See, I've never really paid attention to the directors. Yeah. Um, this podcast has helped me bring light to them. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, this is one of the guys I actually like his movies, and he's turned down at some movies too oh i'm sure i can't wait to get to the trivia well adam sandler we already kind of have covered some of his movies in length i think we went a little too far in airheads but i don't think we need to even cover adam sandler if you don't know who adam sandler is by now right what like what (laughs) right and then you have drew barrymore which this i think is our first drew barrymore movie scream Scream. That's right. God (laughs) dang it. See? Okay, she did Scream. There you go. She was also in E.T., which was her first movie, actually. And then Cat's Eye. What? I just realized something. Do you remember when when you were signing the birthday cards? Yes. Oh, my God. That's something else. Uh, Look, on top of trying to leave John... When I was signing our niece's birthday cards, it was, we had three nieces who they all their birthdays, birthdays are all really close to each other. So we did a joint birthday party oh, and I was writing their names and I definitely wrote the wrong <laughs> niece's name on the birth, like one that it's not her birthday at all. And, and then I, handed <laughs> me the card with confidence. And I was like, I said the niece's name and she was like, give it back. Yeah. <laughs> I scratched it out and wrote over it. And then so put, put oops. I did. Anyway, so she did E.T., her first movie, Cat's Eye, which had to have come out shortly after, I would think. Yeah, she was still it was pretty young. still like 83, 84. So mm-hmm. She was still young. Yeah, she got a lot of work in, as a child actor oh, yeah. and then came back. Then she did Firestarter. She got a lot of praise for that for Firestarter. Firestarter is a good film. I have yet to see that one. 
You need to. It's good. Charlie's Angels, which I never got into. That was when she came back as an adult Um, into acting, I think. Yeah, that's right at like the turn into the millennium. Mm -hmm. And she was really pushed as a sex symbol with, uh, I can't remember. uh, There's something about Mary, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I can't remember the other other person in that movie. I have I've only seen them once. I've not seen them. I mean, and by once I mean I've only seen the first movie once, and I don't remember anything about it. Uh, uh, she was also in Never Been Kissed, and then one of my favorites is Ever After. I hope we can cover sometime. I'm sure we will. But yeah, it's like it's a, a springtime movie. movie for me, so I'll probably put it springtime further down the line. Okay. Uh, Steve Buscemi, even though he's not credited, we'll go ahead and throw him out there. He plays David. This guy is in everything. He's been in so much stuff. What a career. And he gets no recognition. Well, and not just comedies. He's done all sorts of genres of movies. He's a great serious actor, too. Like, his TV shows are even great. Well, he was in Tales from the Dark Side. The movie. uh, The movie. He was in King of New York, which I have not seen. Mm-hmm. Another Reser- good movie. Reservoir Dogs, which is, that's a, a drama, isn't it? it it's a, uh, I, I don't know what you would classify it as. I mean, it's a serious movie. It's serious. It's a, um, it's a Tarantino film. Okay. <laughs> that's, what, that's all I can classify it as. Honestly, that might be the movie people most know him for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we covered Airheads. He was in, he's in... Almost every Adam Sandler movie that you can think of. Most of them. Most of them. That feature Adam Sandler also. Even though Steve Buscemi, uh, I don't think he has a leading movie of his own. Not with the Adam Sandler crew yet. No. I'm sure he will, though. Before Um, it's said and done. And then John Lovitz, again, who's not credited in this movie. He's only in a scene. But he's also done a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Like Three Amigos, A League of Their Own, Big, which... I've not seen, I don't think, with uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, thank you. I was going to say Tim Allen. Too much Toy Story in my life. I can't stand <laughs> it. Uh, Little Nicky, which is one of the first movies I think of him in, and it drives me nuts. And it's the same character, technically. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the same song. So Christine Taylor, who plays Holly, mm-hmm. which is who is Holly? Oh, that's the um, gosh darn it. She's Ben Stiller's wife. She is uh, the side chick. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. She's side chick. Drew She's Barrymore's the, friend. Yes. Uh, Julia's friend. She's been in Night of the Demons too. Never seen it. Dodgeball is the one I would recognize yeah. her from. Uh, Alan Covert is in here. He's in every Adam Sandler movie. I know. And he usually has like little parts, but he does have a leading movie, mm-hmm. which is Grandma's Boy. Uh, he has a big part in this. He's the best friend with the mustache. Yeah, but he's not in it a ton, I guess. I mean, he's in it more than some of the other Never characters. Comes. Angela Featherstone, who plays Linda, the fiance. Ugh. The really only notable movie for her is Army of Darkness. And she's at the end of that movie, uncredited. Yeah. And but then she you is got hot in it. Other characters you can't forget Billy Idol, mm-hmm. Kevin Nealon, Peter Dante, Jonathan Loughran. Yep. And. You suck! <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> And Ellen Albertini Dow, sorry. She plays Ready Rosie. Rosie. In this movie or in Ready Yeah, Girl? in this movie. Give me a... a, a oh, the old lady. Give me a, a shirt. Uh, a tight one. A real tight one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in Ready to Rumble. And then she plays a little old lady who is practicing singing for her. I said a hip. <laughs> the hippie. The hippie. 
Okay, holy cow, we need to get into this movie. <laughs> uh, who wants to go first with their scenes? I've done a lot of talking. Do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I really like the scene where they do, they have like a little montage where it's two hall notes, you make my dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just them going and doing all these things for planning a wedding. Uh, Robbie and Julia are slowly falling in love. Mm-hmm. Robbie and Julia, so like Romeo and Juliet? Kinda, yeah, I guess. I don't know if that was planned, but... Because this, this doesn't really follow the Romeo and Juliet no, line at but all. but I kind of get the, the names. Like, I'm getting it now. I mean, I guess it's this unforbidden love because she's engaged but that's really the right. only thing there's really no romeo and juliet and he's kind of lovesick yeah but no that's a great scene uh i love when they're like trying the cake and there's just this random woman really with really bad teeth mm-hmm. and robbie has to feed it to her and she like just almost takes his hand off oh gross <laughs> and they have to show her chewing it with her mouth open Ugh. who even was she why was she with them why did i start off with a food thing Oh, I wasn't even meaning to. <laughs> had to subconsciously you snuck it Shut in up. there somewhere. <laughs> uh, I didn't even mean to do that. Like I actually do like that scene is not for the cake. <laughs> okay, so my first scene, uh, I'm going with the intro. Well, not the intro, but towards the beginning. Um, so after Robbie has kind of done his singing at this <laughs> wedding, he's taking a little break and stepping off. And then uh, I don't know what the character name is. Oh, the, his, what's his brother's name? You wanted to get a tattoo. Arquette. Yeah. Oh, no. Alexis Arquette. Yes, Alexis. Thank you. I did not want to get a tattoo of David Arquette. I had a dream that I got a tattoo of David Arquette holding Excalibur. What a shitty tattoo and dream. Oh my Ugh. God. I don't, I, you guys, I don't even, I have no tattoos. First of all, Wrestling's that not would fake. not be my first tattoo or any <laughs> tattoo to be honest. Anyway. So Alexis Arquette, it's Robbie's taking a break and this character, he's part of the band and he goes up to sing cause he thinks he's just giving Robbie like a quick mm-hmm. five minute break to go step off and get a drink or whatever. And he, he sings the song. Uh, <laughs> Do you really want to culture club? George. His name is George. <laughs> is it George? Okay. Because uh, after boy George. Yeah, that makes sense. So he, he's singing this song <laughs> and the crowd is, first of all, okay, I understand it's uh, very hostile. <laughs> yeah. The movie's a little dated in that they're not, they're all really confused why he's wearing makeup and looks Give effeminate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I guess, I mean, that didn't age very well. So then after he's done singing and Robbie doesn't show back up, he's looking around and looks at the band and just like <laughs> rolls his finger. He's like, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and they just start keep singing going, the same. Going. It's the only song he knows. So he's just stuck singing the song. <laughs> People are like looking up from their plates and stuff. That one guy like, like moves way out of the way. Like when uh, Beanie's looking at something. Yeah. <laughs> Beanie's our daughter, by the way. And I when she's really curious about stuff, she will stretch her neck until it's about almost breaks. at the point of breaking. <laughs> We have a lot of nicknames for her. Beanie is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's the first scene I went with. Just because he's that's the only song he knows. Works with a wedding singer. It's the only one he can sing. And then he finally gets sick of it. And this, he starts it a second time. With just Give the, it time. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> it so, so funny. Bad. That is a good scene. <laughs> uh, my second scene was the couple's date. 
I really like that scene. The music's really good. You get uh, Blue Monday by New Order, China Girl by David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of good music. I love the that whole scene with all the neon. The seating was really different. You had those couples chairs. We were like, what are those? Yeah, they're like cow print or something. Mm-hmm. They're black and white. I don't know. <laughs> this is where you get like this real feel that Julia really likes Robbie. And the other girls dressed like Madonna and just hitting on Robbie hard. And then the uh, freaking, well, I guess you could say Julia's fiance. Glenn. Glenn. Uh, is pointing out how easy it's going to be for Robbie to get laid. Yeah. <laughs> and he burns her, too. Because they, like, go back and forth with each other quite a bit in the movie. Glenn and the friend. Mm-hmm. And Julia's friend. And Julia climbs up on the table because she has to go to the bathroom to throw up because she thinks the drinking uh, will solve her problem. Well, she kind says of. in the beginning, she's like, I don't really drink. So she, when they go out to this bar and she drinks, she gets, like, super drunk. Yeah. This is also one of those scenes where you get to see Robbie really trying to do like almost like detective work on what Glenn's motives really are. Mm-hmm. And Glenn is not a good dude. No. He is a total, total douchebag. Mm-hmm. And he tries to dress like Don Johnson because Miami Vice was very popular in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> the pop collar with the jacket and like the, the polo. Scruff. Scruff. Yeah, he had scruff and the feathered hair. Yeah, kind of. Okay, my second scene, the DeLorean. That's what he picks Julia up on. Oh, yeah. My second scene. So it's a little bit further into the movie. Not quite. It's not super far. But you get this montage of Robbie doing different weddings. And Julia is a waitress who also works at this this wedding venue. And, is it the bar mitzvah? No. Yeah, one of the the scenes is a bar mitzvah, and there's this kid there. He's it's the same kid from um, from Matilda. Matilda. Yeah, who eats the chocolate cake? So he's sitting down. He looks all sad, and Robbie comes up to him and asks him what's up. He's like, "Well, I asked that girl to dance with me, but she said no, and she left at me." And it's really sad. So Robbie, without telling Julia anything, the thing is, they've already like started growing this friendship and they have such a good friendship because he gets up in the mic and he says he's going to do this special song and he wants Julia he picks her out and says I've got this special girl Julia who I want her to pick the the most non-loserish boy in the in the, <laughs> the room and he's the only one sitting down by the way <laughs> like he's not even st- all the other kids are like stand up and straightening their ties and making eyes at they Julia they all look like nerds too and yeah none of them are cool looking kids no I got one kid that has like a really long neck and like big teeth and eyebrows i'm like she definitely ain't picking you buddy (laughs) but he's and he's not even standing up or looking at her because he knows he's has no chance of getting picked but she walks right up to him because robbie gives julia a look like you know who to pick so she walks straight up to that little boy and (laughs) puts her hand out and takes him and they dance to this song and it's a really sweet moment, but then he like reaches his hand down and grabs her butt, and Julia looks at Robbie like, Ex- "What do I do?" And he just shrugs his shoulder like, "Keep dancing." <laughs> then it just becomes a big ass grab. Fest. Everyone gets on the floor and starts dancing, and they're all holding each other's butts while they mm-hmm. dance. It's like butt squeeze eighty five. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tina from Bob's Burgers. Would oh just have my a gosh, yeah. <laughs> so I like that scene because it was sweet, but it's still it funny. is. It's a good scene. Uh, my next scene. Is the Billy Idol scene. I think that whole part of the movie is really fun. Oh, He's just randomly end, yeah. in first class. 
I mean, uh, not randomly. He he is in first class. He is first class. <laughs> Robbie is randomly in first class. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> like, why does Robbie get to ride with Billy Idol? And this yeah. is like peak Billy Idol. Yeah. Eyes without a face, like Rebel Yell, Billy Idol. Yeah. This uh, scene also. Doesn't is... he sing White Wedding? Oh, it, yeah. He does White sing... Wedding. And that song's featured in the movie. Good call. It should be, yeah. <laughs> he, for some reason, I don't know what it is. <laughs> he he's actually passed out starting out and then uh it cuts back and then he, the, you have this big group of people listening to Robbie's story on why he's going to Vegas and Billy Idol's just so invested <laughs> he doesn't deserve her <laughs> he's probably a little drunk that's probably yeah. why he's passed out and then he woke up <laughs> he's high he was probably high oh that's yeah maybe that all she care all he cares about is material possessions CD players. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Glenn does buy her a CD player. And that chick that was listening to Billy Idol do the intro, uh huh. that chick was like all about Billy Idol. You could tell. You talking about the flight you, attendant? Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you got to be the, the person holding Billy Idol's mic. <laughs> sounds, sounds. Uh, that is not a euphemism. <laughs> oh, yeah. And singing right into his mic. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like me. Check one, two. Yep. <laughs> Dancing with myself. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'm going to bring it down, unfortunately, because my <laughs> next scene is it's going back to the bar scene that you talked about earlier. Um, mm. But I'm I'm focusing specifically on the conversation that Robbie and Glenn have. So Julie has already gone to throw up at this point, and her friend has followed her to make sure she doesn't, like, die or something. <laughs> so, oh, this is like that scene where they start talking about what Glenn does and all that. Well, no, it's Glenn is one of the waitresses because it's like a skimpy bar. The girls are wearing like next to nothing. And one of them bends over next to him and he's like looking up her skirt and Robbie starts testing him and is he's obviously doesn't mean what he's saying, but he's like, oh, man, I bet. You know, you scored a lot of chicks like that in my day. And he's like, oh, definitely. Glenn's like, yeah, a, a lot of them. Yeah, Robbie's like, too bad. Like it's, yeah, too bad it ends after the wedding. And Glenn's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, too old. He says, I, you know, I work a lot out of town and I work late hours. And Julia doesn't need to know. And Robbie's like, right. wow, that's super cool. And it's being really sarcastic. Glenn's reasoning for marrying Julia is totally effed up. He asked her, he's like, why her? You know, if you could have all these girls, why are you marrying her? And it was, he trusts her with his money. Yeah, he's like, well, she was with me before the money, so. Yeah, I can trust her. And he's such a jerk to her. Like, when they're talking about what he does for work, Julia's kind of, she's drunk at this point. She's like, he's in junk bonds. And he's like, um, I don't say you're in <laughs> junk waitressy," And then yeah. gives her crap for saying that. When she says high yield bonds, which are junk bonds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that whole conversation, you just get to see how like slimy Glenn is and how he, you know, Robbie's like, oh, I bet you got a girl like that 10 months ago. And he's like, try 10, to, yeah. 10 days ago. Then he says hotter and younger. Yeah. Real nasty. No. Yeah. It's really weird. Really, really weird. Yeah. But that's my next scene. Oh, man. This next one, I, I consider making this number one. Uh-huh. Obviously, Adam Sandler is a ginormous Jay Giles band fan. Every one of his oh. movies have some form of Jay Giles in it. He's wore T-shirts. He's had them in his movies. And he just features their music all the time. Mm -hmm. So what's he get to do? He gets to sing their song in one of the best scenes of the movie. So Robbie comes back to work after having his heart broken. Yeah, Linda has left him at the <laughs> altar. <laughs> and he's singing Holiday by Madonna. <laughs> 
And then everybody. <laughs> 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 and then he starts changing the words. He's like, I live in my sister's basement. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, you're the worst wedding singer in the world. This is really sets him off because he should never came back. He was a ticking time bomb. <laughs> so he's like, so-and-so are newlyweds. Whoopity-doo. And goes right into the perfect song for that. This just happens to be by his favorite band. Love stinks. So he just starts really getting into it. He starts uh-huh. going to table to table, just making fun of people and just carving them up. Because you got the table of like mutants. He calls it the table. The, <laughs> the table of mutants. What is it called? Table nine. Oh, we should like that. The mutants over at table nine. Lady with the sideburns, uh, and then the fat guy. <laughs> What are you do doing? Oh, I was like, what are you making like mouth? This ain't ASMR. Don't be doing that. Sorry. I feel like I should be carving soap now. Oh, yeah. Uh, ooh, I saw one totally off topic the <laughs> other day. I don't get, look, this is really weird because I don't like a lot of noises. Um, it's a, it's a thing with me and my sisters. Yeah, we just, there are certain noises that make my skin crawl, but for some reason there's some ASMRs that I'm like, yes, when I see yeah, it, it makes no sense. It contradicts. I don't know, but there was one I came across the other day. This guy had a big tub of like chalk powder and was just squeezing it. Chalk powder. Yeah. Like if like he's getting ready to lift, if you ground down a chalk, like chalk. Yeah. And it's, in it's powdered form. It was just squeezing it. Oh, and you just knew what that sounded like. And it was, it was awesome. Okay. It was awesome. <laughs> what was that guy's name? That's from. Uh, this is awesome. Is that uh, from I Love You, Man? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we Here go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, why do you do it better than I do? I don't know, Megan. I also can sing higher parts than you in certain certain frames, but we're not going to go there. Oh my but God. the love st- stink scene is hilarious. He finally gets punched out. Mm-hmm. The, the guy's dad that paid for this whole wedding is so angry. I mean, wouldn't you be a little mad? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if it ever gets to that point and I pay for somebody to sing at my daughter's wedding mm-hmm. and I have to put up with a guy that's just... I understand he's coming back, but you kind of want him to sing the hits that you asked. That yeah, and ain't no one asking for freaking love stinks. Love stinks at a wedding, right? right. <laughs> Maybe centerfold, also by Jake Giles band. <laughs> so my next scene um, is another Robbie singing moment, but it's a nicer, <laughs> a nicer moment. Uh, he's art. He has left Linda, or Linda's left him at this point, and him and Julie are getting really close. And he's telling her she's trying to find someone for her wedding. Robbie says, you know, he's out of the business. He doesn't want to sing her wedding. So they're Mm -hmm. uh, trying out all these different DJ or wedding singers, I guess. (laughs) And Robbie starts talking about how he did write one song and Julia really wants to hear it. And. uh, Oh, he was listening to The Cure a lot. Is it this song? I don't. I don't know. He says he writes the first half of the song when he was with Linda and then wrote the second half after they broke up. So the first part of the song is really nice. And then when it gets to the chorus, he's like screaming about like, somebody kill me, please. But it always bullshit. (laughs) And the thing is, even though Julia's watching him sing this song in its entirety, she 
kind of understands. Yeah, she doesn't even like cringe or she doesn't judge him. Freak out. She, you see this look on her face where she's like, "That's my best friend." Like mm-hmm. <laughs> she just really cares about him. And that song just you can. There's a turning point when she hears that song because yeah. she can see how much he cared about her, or at least and how good of a dude he was. Yeah, yeah. Above he was all a good other guy. things. <laughs> so I did like this. <laughs> choke oh, that's I the know. best line of that song when i was an adolescent kid uh-huh. seeing that in the theater you couldn't help but like laugh really hard because adam sandler you just didn't know what he was going to do in movies uh-uh like people have gotten immune to like what he does now because well, you know we're almost 30 years into adam sandler i wonder if drew barrymore knew how he was going to deliver the song like obviously she knew that they were going to be doing the song but i wonder if she knew how his delivery was going to be if he was going to start screaming that part of the song and she's like <laughs> oh okay i'm sure there are outtakes there have to be a lot of outtakes for that film mm-hmm. yep yeah, but if you want to go next with your last my final yeah. scene my final scene is any scene that has steve buscemi in it <laughs> i couldn't pick one the beginning of the movie where he has to do the toast and he totally buries his brother. Priceless. Because everybody knows somebody like that. <laughs> Why can't you be like Harold? <laughs> Harold never beat up his landlord. <laughs> then he starts doing that awkward laugh. Then he coughs to like kill the kill the laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he starts playing the guitar, which totally surprised Adam Sandler. You could tell in the movie, as soon as he picks up the guitar and starts playing, like Adam Sandler's trying not to laugh. He, he looks over and goes, oh, he's playing the guitar now. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, it's because I'm the best guitar player in the world. Self-taught, no lessons. Thank you very much, Pop. <laughs> he is the most quotable person in that movie, and he is hilarious. And he does like the wolf owl. Yeah. Ow! And then he falls off the, <laughs> the sidewalk, drops his drink, and oh. then he closes the movie. He does. He ends up becoming a wedding singer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Plays true by, uh, how do you say them, Spandu Ballet. Nope. <laughs> I don't, I, don't know know. Say, I don't know how you say their name. I just know I don't even true. know who sang it. <laughs> and then he, he sings it his way. He does. Oh, yeah. yes, I do. I don't know if he Robbie just sang for, for Robbie's wedding or if he actually became a wedding singer. I don't know. I really hope that's what, what it became. I'd hire him. <laughs> I'd hire David. <laughs> I'll recommend him to Kelsey. I'm really... Oh, good, good call. <laughs> I already said, if they're what like, you, you should be the wedding singer. I'm like, if I'm the wedding singer, I'm not going to be serious about it. You know, I, know <laughs> I would do like Total Eclipse of the Heart. We need a hero. Just any of those <laughs> Bonnie Tyler songs. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, my last my last scene. I'm going to the end of the movie. I did do it almost chronologically were my scenes. But uh, the last scene is or my last scene is the plane scene mm-hmm. with Billy Idol, which you did talk about. But it's it is funny how Robbie starts telling this story to like one or two people who are listening to him. And then as the story goes on, more people. It's just so comical that more people start surrounding him to listen to this story. It's a very Adam Sandler thing to do, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then when they find out that they're on the same plane that she's sitting up in coach, which I can't believe Glenn flew coach. I couldn't either. Like when we were like watching the movie back, I was like, I don't remember him actually being in coach. But then I did remember Robbie was up, had to be uh, in first class because he got to That's talk to Billy Idol. That's all that was left. Yeah. He, when Robbie went to get a ticket, they said, we only have one seat left, but it's first class. But the flock of seagulls guy. Yeah. 
<laughs> I bet you're a big flock of seagulls fan. No, but I can see you are. Yeah. <laughs> it was the guy. It was the guy mm-hmm. who Ticket worked taker. at the, the airport. But yeah, that whole scene. And when Julia, this is like the hopeless romantic in me. But it's like mm-hmm. when you hear Billy Idol come over the intercom. First of all, somewhere in your head, you're like, I know this voice. And I don't everybody know. was like, <laughs> I know this voice. Everybody was listening. Even Drew Barron was like, Billy Idol? <laughs> But then when he starts telling the stories, like there's a guy here who wants to play a song for a girl and he's explaining the story. I can't remember what he says exactly, but you can see the look on Drew Barrymore's face where she's like, man, I wish that was for me. And then Mm -hmm. she hears Robbie's voice start singing and starts uh, like immediately crying. And what really adds to that scene is Glenn uh, not letting her have the window seat, even though she's never flown before. Yeah, the whole plane, see, the whole plane scene. Yeah, when it cuts to and from it, because she keeps getting hit in the elbow by the drink cart, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Well, I've never flown before," and he's like, "You know, I can't sit in the aisle." Like, yeah, his compromise is, "I'll let you look over me when we go to the strip." Yeah, when we fly over the strip. So I'm, stupid. Gee, thanks. Such a piece of crap. And yeah, the whole plane helps him to keep Glenn away, so. Julia can get to Robbie and they can have their their big moment on the plane and it's very sweet and very storybook of him to do that. Very. I did have honorable mentions too. Okay. I really like Jimmy Moore, which was John Lovitz. Oh yeah. Oh yes, it's ladies' night. I he drives me nuts. I don't know, man. He is a good sleazy character in every <laughs> yes. movie. Yes, that's, that's why the I problem. think you had to have him. And he's so, he's best friends with those guys. He helped mentor them through SNL. Oh, yeah. So, like, Farley and all them, they just all have nothing but good words to say about him. And he's the o- one of the only people that came to defend uh, Chris Farley when he died. Defend him? For yeah, because someone said something about Chris Farley, and he almost fought them over it. Oh. Love John Lovitz. I can't say enough good things about John Lovitz. I also, as another <laughs> honorable mention, Rosie when she raps. Cause it's just out of oh, nowhere. Oh yeah. I say the hip hop, the hippie, the hippie. <laughs> that that scene kills me every time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, there were other scenes like uh, Robbie getting left at the altar. Yeah, that I was going to be the last one I said. Because <laughs> more than anything, it's the freaking instrumental of "Don't Stop Believing." Yeah, still playing when she comes up. She's like, "She's not coming." <laughs> yeah, and then George going. <laughs> <laughs> I just Adam Sandler's face where he's trying to stay smiling. He oh. goes, no, I'll be fine. I just need a minute. <laughs> goes right into that room by himself. Mm, yeah. Uh, the scene where Julia's in front of the mirror trying on the dress. And, oh, and Robbie drives by. Well, Robbie walks up. He walks to her house. Oh, yeah, he walked. Because when she's practicing saying she's Mrs. Glenn Gulia, she starts crying Julia, because of how Julia. stupid it sounds. And also because she hates Glenn. Yeah. And she just won't admit it. But then when she starts practicing saying, I miss Robbie Hart and like introducing herself to people at the wedding, her she's mom pretending kind of... in front of the mirror. And Robbie walks up and sees her smiling through the window in her mm-hmm. dress. And yeah, that one's that's a good scene. Too. Her mom was problematic. Her mom telling just her, wanted her to do it for the money. Yeah, telling her to like fake a pregnancy and stuff. Yeah. So crazy. Stupid. It was dumb. But yeah, there were other good scenes in there. Mm. You ready for some trivia? Yes. My boo. I don't call me that. <laughs> That's so, my boo. <laughs> this movie was supposed to come out in 1997. Okay. But because it was a romantic comedy, 
they wanted to push it towards Valentine's Day oh. because they thought it would do way better at the box office. Did they know Titanic was in the making? Titanic was already out. Titanic was out for like two years straight. Oh, it, it didn't never get... left theaters. When did it release? Ninety-seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> never mind. It, it just owned the box office. It would not go away. I mean, near, far, wherever you are, it was there. <laughs> you just don't get that anymore. The the movies that stay in theaters more than like two weeks. Movies don't grasp people like that no more. Mm-mm. Like, I got hyped for that Flash trailer because of Batman. I didn't care about the other people in it. <laughs> That's true. Like, I got goosebumps when it was Michael Keaton, and he's like, I'm Batman. And then <laughs> I was like... After that, I didn't even care about seeing the movie because I felt like they gave me enough right there. Right. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie also came out right before Waterboy, which was not intentional, but they had to rush Waterboy because they wanted to release it in the fall for football season. So which... it came in 98 in the mm-hmm. fall. Okay. This also broke Adam Sandler's streak that he was he, he was trying to be on. He wanted to release a movie every year, and this broke that streak. Because it was supposed to release in 97, they had to release it in 98. Oh, uh, okay. So he had no movies in 97? None. Oh, well. Kind of sucks, but. That's fine. And I think it releasing close to Valentine's Day was a good idea. This also made him a superstar. Like, uh, you have Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore that did well. But those mm-hmm. movies did great at for, like, home video. This movie did great out the gate and proved that he could be a leading man. And then it just never stopped. Yeah, because he's your unsuspecting leading romance guy, I think. Like, he's not your typical, uh, what you would consider good-looking guy, I guess. If that if that's no, no, no. making you're, sense. You're Hollywood, right. good-looking, you know? You're completely right. He's I think that's the guys, point, too. Yeah. He's one of those guys where you, uh, you like him, but you don't know if you like him. <laughs> <laughs> like that. But I think it has, as generations get older, like... Our generation, for some reason, I see a lot of my friends that I'll share pictures of Adam Sandler and it's uh-huh. like the guy we didn't know we needed and stuff like that. I love Adam <laughs> Sandler is like the best friend. Mm-hmm. Like he's the great best friend. Yeah. This this is one of those movies where you think this, to me, like this might be the quintessential Adam Sandler movie. It is a good one. And it's the first Drew Barrymore, Adam Sandler feature together. So mm-hmm. first of technically a trilogy. Yeah. Uh, them two and Alan Covert have been in three movies together. And it's they those three movies. Were in... Hi, I'm Tom. Okay. I was like, what was he in? But, okay. Okay. <laughs> yep. Fifty First Dates and Blended. Um, Who was he in Blended? Hi, I'm Tom. Oh, he just shows up as yep. Tom again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. Uh, Betty White was supposed to audition for this movie, but she had to shoot it down because of a different movie she was making, which I, I to me, I think she was already making Lake Placid. Oh, man, probably. So, sometimes you just got to miss out. Uh, Sammy's car. I didn't realize it as a kid, but I do now. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, I-M-K-I-N-K-E. I'm kinky. I'm kinky. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never put it together until like looking up stuff about this movie. Who's Sammy? Why am I blanking? Sammy is Alan Covert with the mustache. Oh, okay. That's it. Uh, Adam Sandler pushed really hard to make sure that the wedding scene where he gets his heart broken was to Journey. Okay. He's an avid Journey fan, too. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, freaking Happy Gilmore, they had the Journey poster. I brought that up. So, Don't Stop Believing was like the song he had to have for this scene. Yeah, that orchestrated version. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mention a lot about the people he keeps putting in his movies. Mm-hmm. He really wanted to push for Kevin Nealon to get a bigger part. He played the bank uh, manager. Oh, yeah. That whole scene was supposed to be a remake of a scene from Saturday Night Live with Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they couldn't get anybody to agree to it. Oh, that's lame. Uh, instead of Billy Idol, throughout this whole movie, you get this sense like uh, everything's about Van Halen because Van Halen was the biggest band in the world and they broke up in 85. That's why there's the joke about Linda uh, taking off his Van Halen t-shirt. Oh, yeah. The whole movie, I guess in production, the point was they were going to get David Lee Roth to be the guy on the plane instead of Billy Idol. But oh. they could not get him to agree to it. And I guess there were all kinds of phone calls. Adam Sandler wanted him above everybody else. They could not get him. I mean, I think Billy Idol did a good job. I did too. But they also had to shoot more stuff to get things changed. Like they had to add White Wedding to the movie. The Rolling Stone cover with Billy Idol. Oh, all yeah, All that stuff got true. added in later. Yeah. Cause he does. I remember the comment with Linda. He's like, will you please take my Van Halen shirt off before they break up too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, was in a, he was in a Van Halen tribute band. Final, oh. final warning. Yeah, I guess they did. Yeah, they played that up. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I brought up the whole thing about Billy Idol. Uh, David Lee Roth did contact Adam Sandler years later. Okay. And apologized for not being in the shape or anything like that to be able to do a movie like that. Why couldn't he do the movie? He was, did he I say? think, going through rehab. Just didn't oh. want to say that. Well, I mean, yeah, definitely your health over everything. I didn't realize how much Adam Sandler had a say in what goes into his movies until I was doing the research for this movie. He had a big say in who played uh, Glenn. Uh And there were a lot of people. They want to use people from the 80s really bad. Mm -hmm. But he shot a lot of them down. Charlie Sheen got shot down. John Cryer, which, why would you want Ducky to be the bad guy? He Mm -hmm. also doesn't fit that description at all. He seems, he just seems weak in everything. It was just an 80s name, I think. I don't Um, know. Matthew Broderick. Maybe. Still, no. I don't know. This also was supposed to be the first pairing of Adam Sandler and Jim Carrey. Who was Jim Carrey going to be? He was going to play Glenn. Oh. Um, I think, yeah, he may be able to pull that off. But... I don't know. This wasn't even, this isn't a Happy Madison film that hadn't even been. No, the, wasn't a thing yet. Hadn't been made yet. So it's weird that he did yet as much say in it as he did. And it's, it's nuts. I was looking at the names of people that were supposed to be in this for these roles. Uh-huh. And so many people got turned down. He shot down, uh, uh, Chris McDonald who played Shooter McGavin. Cause he oh. wanted to work with Adam again. And Adam's like, I don't, you're Shooter McGavin. This won't work for you. To see them together, yeah, that would be hard. Especially that soon after. Yeah. Uh, This also is a movie from New Line. So obviously they have to feature their biggest 80s product, Freddy Krueger, in some way. So they made sure to make one of the nephews wear the Freddy glove and the Freddy hat and the mask. Really? They pushed for it and then got it in the movie. Where? Why don't you go back to the boiler room, Freddy Krueger, when he's sitting sulking with a wedding cake. Oh, I must have missed that. Mm-hmm. That's a good scene. The list of women that were trying out for that part, 
crazy. For Julia? Yeah. Just let me read off the list. It is really long, though. Natalie Portman, Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Garner, Molly Ringwald, Julia Roberts, Diane Lane, Christina Ricci, Christine, Christina Moore, Justine Bateman, Christina Applegate, Cameron Diaz, Elizabeth Hurley, Sarah Jessica Parker, Lori Laughlin, Heather Graham, Brooke Shields, Katie Holmes, uh, Nicole Kidman, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jennifer Beals, uh, Lauren Graham, and Pamela Anderson all were considered for the movie and all got turned down. Wow. There were I had so many emotions. I'm glad I didn't stop you because that was a lot. And there there are some names I heard in there that I'm like, yeah, maybe. I Jennifer Aniston, I like their chemistry, but I don't know if I would have liked it in this movie. Yeah, and I guess it's a I guess in some way it's a sore su- subject for her because yeah. they were they've been friends for so long mm-hmm. that she got really like upset that she didn't get this movie and they wouldn't talk they wouldn't bring it up at that award show where her and drew barrymore talked when they paid tribute to adam sandler oh you remember that i guess it was supposed to get brought up and uh it got shot down oh i don't know like i said they have good chemistry i just don't know if i could have seen her doing this not then yeah i'm glad that wasn't their first on screen together because i don't know how it would have gone I mean, there's no way to know, but, right. um, and then some other names in there that I'm like, Mm-mm, what? Like Winona Ryder or what did you say? You didn't say Winona Ryder. Why Molly did I say, Ringwald? uh, Christina Ricci is what I was thinking of. I think I'm, she'd been really young. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I, I think I said Winona Ryder because I was thinking <laughs> Beetlejuice with Christina Ricci and whatever, <laughs> um, all of that spooky stuff i know she does you know what what i'm trying to say oh my god my brain i can't make it make sense it's all right guys hopefully you're somewhere with me <laughs> no you did fine <laughs> uh, what other names did i hear that i didn't like uh charlie sheen was one of the ones i couldn't wrap my head around oh i was thinking Matthew of the ladies Broderick. what the heck you're going back to the oh, men i was like what <laughs> sorry 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 brooke shields that would have been she would have been really good because she was an 80s like goddess pretty much mm-hmm. pamela anderson i don't think she could have pulled off like the innocent if that makes sense yeah i don't i i don't see it nicole kidman maybe because i think of her in um moulin rouge when she played alongside ewan mcgregor and she did really well in that but she was also a courtesan so uh maybe not i i don't know anyway and she does play in a Adam Sandler movie, just not the love interest. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave on this. Carrie Fisher, the late Carrie Fisher, who's now gone, she was a ghostwriter for the script and the character of Julia. Oh, that's nice. She said the she said for the movie to be successful, she should not only be smart, she should be aware of her true feelings. Hmm. And that's how they wrote Julia for the movie. Cute. Mm-hmm. Nice fluffy piece to end on <laughs> very okay i think we can rate this thing now what do you think i'm ready rewatch um wicked 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 rewatch I mean, we're definitely in wedding season i already said that summertime seems to be the understood wedding season uh not for everybody but right. june july seems to be the biggest wedding time is it really 
Oh, yeah, I think Fall's if you look really at statistically, yeah, fall's pretty, I think it's a close second, but I think if you look at statistics of weddings, June is like the highest wedding month. Wow. And I want to say the day that we got married was one of the highest, we- I want to know. It was the hottest. It was the hottest. Um, but rewatch, I could still watch it anytime, really. Yeah, this movie's always good when you put it on, you notice that? Yeah. It's good for laughs, it's good if you just want to have a date. It's and just need something to watch. It's good for if you want to just put something on, like you're doing laundry, doing dishes. Mm-hmm. You, and it, it's a real good nostalgia piece. I'll give it a five. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. I'd give it a five. Right. I mean, there's probably. Uh, I probably don't want to watch it a ton just to, no. so it doesn't lose its luster. But not this one. Uh, still, yeah, I could watch it anytime, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this also but, is one of those movies where, like, when I think of Adam Sandler, this is one of the first movies I think of. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. The second thing we're going to talk about is its legacy. Something I forgot to bring up in the trivia. This movie has such a big legacy that uh, they try to feature a lot of the characters as the characters from this movie. Like, John Lovitz got brought back in the Goldbergs as Jimmy Moore. <laughs> oh. As that character. They tried to redo the scene, scene for scene too. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yes, it's ladies' night. Yeah. So the next thing we're gonna rate it on then. Oh, what did you give it for a rating? I said five. Oh, five. Legacy. Adam Sandler was red hot. You're talking about. I I gave it a five for rewatch. Oh, I'm talking I, about legacy now. Oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. I was reading something. Um. I was looking at the most common wedding date, and it's not oh. what I thought it was. Can I guess it? Sure. But it's seen for this year. If apparently, oh, well, it, I'm not worried about that because I can't do so that. Dumb. Right. Because uh, it'd, be like, it'd be like October 13th. It says overall October is the most popular wedding month, so it has changed, but the most popular wedding date is actually in September. I can see that. Like what? September 27th? Uh, it doesn't give an actual date. Now, this website says the most popular wedding date since 1996 has traditionally been August 30th. Huh. Which seems weird. Oh, well, you're going out of summer into fall. And way back when, it would have been cold. It wouldn't have been, like, balls hot. Yeah, that's true. Uh, according to The Knot, the most popular wedding date this year is September 23rd, 2023. Oh, Nice. Anyway, what did you think about God the legacy? Oh, nice. Anyway, <laughs> uh, legacy. It. I don't see any reason not to give it a five. I guess just because Adam Sandler is still doing Adam Sandler, still making Adam Sandler movies, has his Drew own Barrymore. production. She's had this big resurgence. Yeah, Drew Barrymore's got her own talk show now, mm-hmm. and her people own really people really love her on it. Like she's just very she's so real. She's no, lovable. I, she is. Yeah, she's doesn't hold back. I guess I haven't watched it, so I can't say for myself. But I've seen good things about it. She's the girl every guy secretly wanted to date. That type. She of was girl. your girl next door kind of girl because she yeah. came off screen playing the same type of character, mm-hmm. uh, Casey or whatever her name was. Yeah, her name was Casey. Yep. Um, Casey Becker. Oh, I don't know the last name. I'm giving it a five. I'll give it a five. Still holds I'll up. Give it a five. Still good. I mean, there are some like, eh, you probably shouldn't do that, especially with Arquette. Right. It's like, eh, you shouldn't be cringing at the feminine looking man, but whatever. That's the only thing in that movie that I was like, mm. no, it, the character's fun. 
I but I it's like the George. it's the characters around him, That's their fine. reaction. That's the only thing that I was like. You got to take things in the context. I'm aware. I know. I know. I know. I'm not talking about you. I I'm know. Just talking about the movie in general. Just take it into context. That's a movie that's over 20 years old. Time I know. I, I mean, and that's why we bring it up in this is like, if there's anything in this movie that would be like, mm, I guess it would be that, but it's not the worst thing that's ever happened, no. I guess. And let's see. This next thing and last thing would be that it's feel. Yeah, the and look and mood. feel of the movie. Look. Because oh, it was made five. in the 90s, but it's set in 1985. Yeah, 13 years from 1985. I mean, and it has the total look for it. The music's mm-hmm. dead on. Uh, you have characters that really fit like a description of a certain type of person. Yeah. The Madonna look on the mm-hmm. friend is a big one. Glenn's look. Yes, especially with, and especially his best friend. Wearing the Michael Jackson glove. Things are popular. The the jacket. Well, and because they're making this movie in the... Ni- Sorry. Because they're making this movie in the 90s, but setting it in the 80s. They're making overly um, 80s. obvious 80s yeah. references. A lot of neon. A lot of uh, dancing. You never saw... You never see this many people dancing anywhere. This is, They're full of shit on that. <laughs> Especially a wedding. Nobody's getting that many people on the dance floor. I don't know. It depends on how much liquor is there, I guess. I guess. I'll dance if there's some drink. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even like doing the dance at our wedding, and I had to. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't. I don't like dance, especially when it's all eyes on me. That ain't for me, dog. No. That's a no. I even, well, I think I can dance, so it's a, that's okay. Oh. I have no pressure. Oh, Okay. Break the shit out right now. Oh, my God. Oh. All right. Let's oh. give it an overall before you hurt something. <laughs> I'm going to give it an overall. Um, I'm giving it a five. Oh, I didn't give it a rating on the look and feel. It's five. So overall, it's five. Wow. It's a five. I got perfect fives. From both of us. Does that make it a diamond movie? I think it did. It's our second diamond. Mm-hmm. Diamond in the rough. A diamond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yay. Yeah, yeah, this is a good movie. I, it's a really good movie. Everybody should go out and watch this. Especially with the summer and wedding season. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Great time. Especially if you want to have a good movie. laugh. Yeah, it's a feel-good movie. There's not a lot of pressure to it. You can watch it if you look away for a second. It's okay. <laughs> and watch Steve Buscemi be Steve Buscemi. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. This was a fun episode. It was. I always like Wedding Singer. I hope you guys like Wedding Singer, too, because... We want more feedback. So give yeah, it. that's true. Hit us up on our social media and let us know what you think about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like other movies you want to see or hear about. Right. Especially I mean, with Halloween season coming around because we have a yes. list. But it can be altered depending on what you guys want. Yeah, we're um, we're already trying to plan it out. But because Halloween's like a big time for us. We mm-hmm. want to do it right. Somebody's watching me. So if there's something you want to hear that you didn't hear last year, let us know because we are working on that now. There's no time like the present to and get we, started on and that. And we also had to put a bunch of movies on the back burner, which we didn't want to do, but we did. Yes. Yeah. This oh, year's going to so be totally many. different. So many. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Yes. Take care. Okay. Bye. Next week on the Retro Club. But John Candy, I think we just love John Candy. He's he's good in this movie. You kind of feel for him. Uh-huh. 
I just don't know if there's much John Candy's done that I don't like, you know? He's just one of those guys, but he's, he stayed friends with the people he stayed friends with. Mm-hmm. And Dan Aykroyd, just after doing Spies Like Us, just became a, a big friend of Chevy Chase. Now, Dan Aykroyd, that's a different story. His Some of his characters freak me out. He's good in everything. Coneheads? Ugh. Love Coneheads. That movie makes me ill. This movie's really good. Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to The Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.